there's no planet B. That's a phrase you've often seen at climate protests. And while it's certainly true, for now at least, that doesn't mean that we can't look to the stars or at least to space to provide climate solutions. Peter is our space correspondent on climate solutions. Peter, how can space help us to fight and adapt to climate change on Earth? Hi, Matt. Well, space and space-based technologies, basically satellites, are already super important in the fight against climate change. Earth observation and weather satellites, for example, help us to measure temperatures and weather patterns around the world. They also spot forest fires and deforestation, which can have a significant impact on carbon emissions, biodiversity, and basically the planet's ability to store and process carbon. And one day, we may even be able to beam solar power collected by giant panels in space down to Earth. Uh -huh. Well, that's in the future. So satellites have a big role to play in keeping track of climate change and limiting its effects, or perhaps helping us adapt to its impact. Satellites are useful for loads of other things, all right? Everybody wants them. Indeed. Satellites are important for scientific research, but they're also indispensable for all kinds of industries. Really basic things that we all take for granted nowadays, like communications, navigation, and even timekeeping, rely on whole constellations of satellites. Because they're so fundamental, they're basically strategic assets. Everybody wants them, and increasingly, everybody wants their own. Take navigation. America has its GPS satellites, the EU has Galileo, the Russians have the GLONASS constellation, and the Chinese have Beidou. So maybe there could be some geopolitical rivalry there. Is there any other downside? Well, the problem with this for the climate and environment is that launching satellites into space requires rockets, right? Which of course emit loads of CO2. We're talking 200 to 300 tons of carbon per launch, much of it in the upper atmosphere where it has an even greater effect. It's not just a problem at the moment because there are only about 100 or so launches per year, but this is expected to increase tenfold over the next 10 to 20 years. Wow, if only there were a way to get more satellites into space with fewer launches. Oh, but there is, Matt. There is, is there? Mm. Yes. Endurosat, a satellite company based in Bulgaria, makes tiny shoebox-sized nanosats. That, and it has a great solution that's smart, simple, and cheap. Uh-huh, so that sounds great. How does it work? Well, basically, most satellites are custom-made to do something very specific for just one particular client. Endurostat, however, makes satellites with a range of sensors so that each nanosat can perform a number of different functions, and they can even be reprogrammed for different missions after launch just with software updates. Customers can also lease and share the equipment and even buy data from each other. Basically, altogether, this dramatically reduces the cost of accessing space and means fewer satellites and fewer launches. And fewer launches means fewer emissions. Even in the vast expanse of space, less is sometimes more. And in that spirit, let's end this podcast now. Thanks, Peter. We're reporting on a new climate project every week on Climate Solutions. They're all different, but each of them will make you look at the solutions to climate change in a new way. Subscribe so you don't miss any of them. Listen to the previous seasons of Climate Solutions too. We've got a series on the innovations that are going to save us from climate disaster and another on how green finance is going to help pay for it all. Thanks for listening to Climate Solutions from the European Investment Bank.